With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's C. Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. Welcome at the AM The Fan in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Our guy, Nathan Marzion, Bucks super fan. He's had a chance to recover from the shocking upset loss in the first round. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. You can follow me at Sparky Radio. Lots to get to on today's podcast. We'll still be doing our podcast on Tuesdays and Thursdays here going forward. Uh, lots to get to not only with the Bucs, but the NBA playoffs will continue. We have an NBA draft season coming up. So lots to talk about. All right, first question, uh, nice and simple, Nathan Marzian. Now that you've had several days to recover, what went wrong? In the playoffs for the Milwaukee Bucks, Nathan Marzian, what went wrong? Tell me. A lot. A lot went wrong. Um, I mean, it was just – and I'm I'm glad that it's, you know, been basically a week now and I'm kind of, you know, a, I'm a little bit better with it. I'm, I'm not – you know, if they, we had done this right after the game, I'd still be – you know, I'd be a little bit more deflated and be – you know, I'd just be Stop harder there. to Stop really – Stop there. Let's rewind. Let's rewind for a second because we haven't talked, you and I, at all. No, yeah. You were there. You got tickets. That's why you didn't do yes. the post-podcast. GA did from Hot 105.7 Milwaukee. Thanks so much to GA for uh, hanging out with me and doing that post-game podcast and all the pissed-off Bucks fans that we were dealing with. Uh, so what was that like, being at the game? Take me to kind of through what it was before the game, first half, second half, when you kind of thought maybe it was over, and then kind of what walking out was like and afterwards. Yeah, so – I wasn't planning on going, and then the day before, I kind of was like, "Screw it!" Like, you know, I'm I'm going to this game, and let's let's get this thing going again. And you know, tickets weren't that expensive, so I was like, "I'll, I'll go." Um, you know, first half was kind of back and forth, and it was still just like, "Damn, you know, this game's tougher than I feel like it really needs to be." And Heat are still hitting a bunch of shots and whatever. You know, I thought we played a good half, but you know, the Heat played a really good half as well, and it was just like we cannot put this team away you know we can't we, we can't get any separation second half starts and the heat immediately go on a run and they take the lead and it's like oh, of course you know i just felt like god like you know you're really frustrated we go up 16 at the end of the at the end of the third and it's like okay you know you're feeling you know we we're gonna win this game and you know we're, we're back and it's nice to get some separation and i remember my dad saying at the end of the third you know he said i want to I want to try to win by, you know, either this or more. Like, let's get, let's not let them get momentum back going into game six. Um, so that's kind of where our head was at. Like, we're going to win this game, but let's try to keep our foot on the gas at least a little bit and not let this, you know, not let them get any momentum back. Well, you know, <laughs> we know what happened. Yeah, they um, got momentum okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, it was, 
truly just shocking watching it all unfold and just the collapse, you know, it, it didn't start immediately. Like they, you know, we couldn't score, but we were also stopping them. And so the first few minutes of the fourth quarter, you know, I, I, they gained like six or eight points on us, but it wasn't, you know, it, it could have been worse, honestly, because we couldn't make a shot. Um, we, then and there were just several moments where you thought, okay, this is an ugly finish, but we're going to escape with it. You know, Drew hits the three to put us up 10 with like seven, eight minutes left. And you're kind of thinking, okay, like we're in good shape now. Like, you know, we settled down just a bit um, after they had cut it to like five or something. Um, and then I'm trying to think back now. Then there's the point where I know we went back up by eight, I think, after Wesley Matthews hit a three. Yep. With a few minutes left, and again at that point, it's like okay, it's been ugly. You know, they got it back down again, and but we're gonna still escape with this. Like we should be fine. Then they of course go on and run immediately and get it back to like a one possession game or whatever. You know, Chris hits the free, th- or I think it was Chris or Drew hits the free throws to put us up four with 15 seconds left, and it feels like okay, you know, again we're gonna escape with this. It's not gonna be fun. It's not gonna be pretty, but whatever. Who cares? Just get the win. And it's like they just anything that could have happened. For them to lose that game happened and it you know it all needed to happen basically they needed you know gave vincent to hit a three um if he misses that shot we're winning the game you know like that yes. that, that shot changes everything he hits the three of course and i remember thinking that i'm like that's going to go in because it's of course it's going to be as difficult as possible then we throw the ball away so there has to be a jump ball we get the jump ball then Giannis almost throws it away but we still you know we we save it it gets to drew with like two seconds left and you're like okay where again for the fifth time <laughs> terrible terrible finish this is as difficult as it could possibly be but we're going to escape with like the ugliest win possible hold on he misses the free throw <laughs> and all of a sudden i'm like well now we can't foul and i feel like they're going to hit it you know you're just not confident anymore jamie hits a shot we go to overtime half the place not half the place but a good decent chunk of the place left because really? between that it was and overtime it was a late game, and so anyone with their kids, I feel like, was leaving. And I think people were just mad, too. It's like, this is ridiculous. Um, it was one of the few times I've ever been like, you know, I, I was so in shock and so just, like, I, I, you know, appalled by what I just saw in the fourth quarter that I was like, I, like, we don't deserve to win this game. You know, I... I wanted to leave, honestly. Like, I wanted to be like, screw this. Like, but I, I wasn't gonna. Obviously, I was gonna watch the rest of the game. But it's like, part of me was just like, I don't even want to be here anymore. Like, I don't even, you know, even if we win, this is just so, like, this is terrible. You know, this is a nightmare. And um, so, yeah, it it got to a point where it was so bad that you almost, like, me personally, I couldn't even be mad at it. I was just like, unbelievable. Like, they did Mars, not yeah. deserve to win. How does your boy Grayson Allen not shoot a shot? Yeah, and then How and then does that he happens not too. It, shoot a shot, Marzia. We didn't even get to overtime. Yeah, and then in overtime, you know, they go down. Then Giannis hits a couple shots to get him keep him alive. You know, they were down four with a minute something left, and the, the Heat had the ball. And you're thinking, well, that's it. But then we we get it close again. Giannis fouls a three point shooter. Then all of a sudden, but we still somehow have a chance with ten seconds left. And I remember my dad yelling like. It was timeout, timeout, and you know. Of course, not Bud's not calling a timeout, silly dad. And then yeah, I mean again, and then again with the way with the way that happened, where like you know they pass it around, and then Gracing, you know, easily could have had a wide open floater, mid range shot. I doubt he would have made it anyways, but 
if like he had a shot and he doesn't take it and it's just like again the, the game ends and all of a sudden it's over and you're just kind of like you're looking around like what the hell just happened like we really just like it was just embarrassing and um again I'm glad it's been a little bit because after the like immediately after the game again I wasn't even like I I it was a weird feeling because I was I wasn't mad and I wasn't even like after game four, I was really more like depressed and more down yeah. and more like, I just was so distraught. And after this game, it was just like shock. It was just like, what? Like it, you just were left with this feeling of like, wow, you know, we, this team just was not even close to what you kind of thought they would be. And, and it was just like, I can't believe we gave away those two games. It was like a, like, I just felt like this is not the same team I've watched for the last few years. Like what? Um, and even walking out, like it was pretty silent and it was pretty just like, everyone's kind of like, wow, you know, um, to lose in that fashion, two games in a row. And all of a sudden you're going home and you just lost to the eight seed. And it was just pretty, you know, it was, it was shocking. And, um, you know, hopefully something we don't have to go through again anytime soon. So, so now it's over and now we can sit here and analyze what went wrong. I think there's a couple of things. One, I think they looked old. I asked you that after I think it was game four, whether or not you thought they looked old. To me, they looked a little bit old. They really did. And I think that caught up with them a little bit. Holiday, because of what Bud asked him to do, which was defend Jimmy Butler, was zapped of any offense that he possibly could have had because his legs were just dead uh, that entire series. He, he couldn't get himself going. Uh, and he continued to fire up threes and do whatever Drew Holiday does, which was fine. I always say, be aggressive. Don't don't stop being aggressive, Drew. And he was, but he had no legs. Uh, Middleton was hit or miss uh, on what he was going to be uh, throughout this entire series. You really didn't have that. You miss Giannis for part of the series. And again, it sounds like I'm, not, I'm making excuses. I'm not. I'm just kind of detailing kind of what all went on here. And a combination of all those things might be how this – group ends their run and we're going to get to that coming up next as far as whether or not you want to run this back again with this big four uh, and this team but if that's how this big four ends uh, and now the next step is to kind of blow some of it up and kind of start over again uh, if that's what the next process is going to be that's a sad sad way to have this group end it'd be one thing if you go to the conference finals you lose to boston or you go to the finals and you lose to phoenix or something okay that's one way for it to end but to get upset by the eighth seed and then the front office goes okay this was fun you won a title but we we need to start doing something else now that i mean that's that's going to make this even feel even worse for those guys that were playing uh, in this series Nate. Yeah, and I mean, back to a little bit what went wrong and stuff. I mean, part of it is, too, it's like, you know, you go into this series, you have a very clear talent um, advantage on this team. And, you know, I I don't think they, they still did. You know, even though they lost the series, they had a talent advantage. They obviously top to bottom, even with, you know, even when Johannes was on, not even playing, they had a talent advantage. But and then Hero went out. Yeah. But the uh, the coaching advantage was clearly with the Heat. And I think the Bucks kind of gave away, you know, you go, when you're one seed playing an eight seed, you go into the series, you have a lot of margin for error. You ha you can play some bad games. You can screw around and be unserious for a little bit and, you know, not have your best games, but still win the series. Kind of like Boston in round one against the Hawks. Like they didn't play great. They, you know, blew some games down the stretch, whatever, but they still won the series. Cause it's like, they're the better team, yada, yada. And the Bucks kind of gave that away, you know, Giannis going out, and them not playing great the first few games and then sitting Giannis in game three and kind of like risking that and then going down 2-1, 
all of a sudden you're down to one, your margin for error is pretty much gone. And so you're all of a sudden like you know, when Giannis comes back, it's no longer really like a one eight where, you know, again, you can you can mess around and like and it's not as big of a deal if you don't play as well. All of a sudden it's like, no, like we like this is no longer like that, you know, and they screwed around, lost their margin for error. And when you the coaching mismatch is as big as it was, you can't afford to lose that margin for error because, that you know, again, that's part of that's part of what like what was you know good about having the one seed and just like going into every series with a little bit of a leg up is good because you're like, okay, even if they're out, they're out coaching us or like whatever, you can kind of make up for that. You know, you, you have a little bit of an advantage to begin with. And again, the Bucks lost that to start this series. And so all of a sudden you're left down two one with a huge coaching mismatch on the other side and Giannis coming back. And, you know, he, he was, I, I think a little bit still hurt. And it's just like, they lost all their margin for error. And obviously they, you know, they needed it because they played, you know, they, they essentially, if you look at, you know, how long they led and, you know, after three quarters of both of those last two games, they, they, they won those two games when you look at the whole, you know, first three quarters, but then those fourth quarters, they just collapse. And it's like even a little, you know, just one quarter of really bad basketball, like, boom, you're done, you know, you're out. And normally if that happens to start a series, okay, you've still got time to regroup. You still, and it's like, they didn't have that because they were already down two one, you know, and Giannis kind of brought this up, saying that, and I forgot what game he said it after, but at one point in the series, he said it felt like the Bucks were playing for a championship and the Heat were playing to win the series. Uh, and, and that kind of goes back to what you were saying of almost overlooking a team in the first round because you're the one seed and they're the eighth seed and thinking, I would can screw around, but we're going to be the more talented team and we're going to win, like you pointed out. Uh, and that really kind of bit them in the behind, thinking that they could kind of just flip a switch uh, and start playing at a much higher level. Did the Heat play harder than the Bucks in this series? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mm. I don't know. It, that's hard to judge. I don't, I didn't, I thought the Bucks came out in game four and played hard. I didn't think that was a, like that loss wasn't a result of them you know, not trying and coming out lax a day ago. Like they, again, they dominated that game pretty much from the get-go and just collapsed at the end. Game five, they didn't come out great. But again, I, I didn't, I don't know. There wasn't a ton of stuff. There was a couple plays where maybe like the Heat beat them to a loose ball or something. But I don't know. That ha- Like someone's got to get the loose ball. That happens sometimes. Um, I It was more just like, I don't know. They just, I, maybe they were like, they just got, they just collapsed at the end. And, and some of it, I think, what? And the other part is you didn't do anything to try to keep the ball out of their best player's hand. Yeah. Once Tyler Hero went down and you realize, okay, it's Jimmy Butler and everybody else. And if we slow down Jimmy, they don't have enough to do this without Jimmy. You did nothing to try and keep the ball out of his hands. And that, to me, is one of the biggest eggs on your face as an organization that you have, that you simply did not really try to take the ball out of Jimmy's hands at all. Yeah, I like people complain about you know, the three-point stuff. And it was bad the first few games. I think they were allowing too many threes. They were going under too many screens and whatever. But they, 
I don't know, the last couple of games, they did a much better job of, you know, taking that away, I guess, and forcing them into tougher shots. And the Heat still just kept making threes, which credit to them. Like, again, some of that you just have to credit them. Um, so I thought defensively from that perspective, they were all right. But, yeah, the, the Jimmy stuff, it was like, you know, they had no answer and they didn't really try a ton of different stuff. And Giannis mentioned it in after game five where he's like, you know, we didn't we didn't make as many adjustments as we probably should have. And, you know, I wanted to guard him more and just they could have done so much more to try to put the ball, get the ball out of his hands. And they really didn't. So I, you know, that was a much bigger issue than, again, the three point shooting, because to me, the three point shooting stuff was at least in those last few games that, you know, much more a result of just the heat shooting the ball well than the Bucks being terrible defensively or anything. But the Jimmy stuff, as good as he is, you know, honestly, no player, unless they are a Giannis, you know, superstar, best player in the world level player, no player should be putting up 40 plus consistently every single game. And it, and it's like the first quarter, every game in the first quarter, you'd have like 15 or 20. Right. And it's just like, what are you like? How are you? How is this happening? You know, you spend days game planning and being like, okay, we got to stop this guy. And then he comes out and has 20 in the first quarter and you're not really doing anything differently. It's just, you know, I, it's just, it's pretty inexcusable at, at, after, you know, a couple games. It, it shouldn't last for a five game series. That's for sure. All right. Let's move on to topic number two. Uh, and the question is, would you try and run this back again if you were the Bucks with the big four? Now, Milton has a player option. Brooke Lopez is a free agent at the end of the year. Holiday, Giannis, both under contract. Would you try and run this back again? Now, there was a report out of the athletics uh, insinuating uh, that Chris Middleton and the Mavericks, uh, you know, might look good together. Uh, but as the author of that article pointed out, it takes two to tangle. Middleton would have to want to play there, uh, opt out, obviously, uh, not pick up his player option, had to free agency, say no to Milwaukee, and then sign in Dallas. Uh, so, again, I, I don't know if that'll happen. I think that's a long shot. I think if I'm Chris Milton, considering how not well I played by the end and how unhealthy I was a majority of the year, I think I pick up my player option and do it one more time. Um, because I don't think anybody's going to give him more than $40 million or whatever the heck it is that he's supposed to make on this player option going forward next year based on his health and how well he didn't play. So if I was Milton, I'd pick up the player option. I don't know what he's going to do. Uh, but the question remains, Nathan Marzian, would you try and run this back again with the big four? Which means if Milton picks up his option, that's only one year. Brooke Lopez, you're going to have to sign a long-term deal, I think, to keep him. And then obviously Giannis and Holiday, they're already under contract. You you don't think you don't think Chris played well? I don't think he played well enough to deserve forty million dollars. No, well, not consistently okay. down the stretch after he came back from injury. No, and he was hurt majority of the year. He didn't play, so that that all has to come into it. I mean, if I'm Mark Cuban or somebody else looking at the last two years of Chris Middleton, and you're going to come at me and go, I want fifty five million dollars a year or whatever the number is, it's going to be hard for me to go, oh yeah, you deserve it based on how injured you've been and how you've looked at the end of last season when you finally did come back. And Middleton can go, well, I was just coming back, I was shaking off the rust. And I was trying to find my rhythm. Well, that may be Chris, but I'm just telling you what I got to pay off of. I, to me, again, I may be wrong. Maybe somebody will pay him max money coming off of what he's done the last two years. I wouldn't. No, I, I understand that. From, an, from another team's perspective, I wouldn't. But as from a Bucks fan perspective, are you kind of, oh, we have to pay Chris Middleton and he's not that good anymore? Or are you, okay, you know, we're paying him a little bit more than we probably want to, but like he's still going to be a really good piece of this team? I think from a Bucks fan perspective, 
I say what Giannis wants, Giannis gets. And if Giannis wants Chris Milton back, then give him Chris Milton back. If that means paying Chris Milton big money, then that's what you're going to have to do. This is this all has to be about making sure Giannis is good to me. Yeah, I mean, because me personally, there's always going to be guys that you have to either you either have to overpay them to keep them around or you lose them. And it's like, okay, well, we could lose Chris Milton, get a bunch of money, but like, are you going to be able to use that money to then get someone that actually is like turn like is better for this team than Chris Milton or get two guys that are better for this team? I don't know that you would. Like I'd almost rather just have Chris Milton. And so for me personally, like yes, I agree. It's, you know, he's going to be overpaid when you look at the contract and everything and whatever, but I'm still like I want Chris to still be here. I still think that, you know, he did work his way back and I think he played pretty well at the end of the season. I think in the playoff series, he's never going to be a, a insanely consistent player. That that's what makes him not a superstar. I think we've talked about this on this on the pod before, yep. but like yep. like if he could consistently put up 25 30 points a game, okay, he'd be a, he'd be considered a superstar. He's not. Nobody nobody considers him that because he doesn't do that. That doesn't mean he's a bad player. That doesn't mean he, we can't win. We, we've already won a title with him as our number yep. two. Like, it doesn't mean anything like that. We don't have to have those debates because you see it all the time. Like, Jamal Murray yesterday had a terrible, terrible game. Does that mean Jamal Murray sucks? And, like, no. It just means, okay, he's not a superstar. He can't do this every single night, but he's going to have some bad games. But, like, in the long run, you know, Chris had a really good series, um, or a good series, I should say, overall when you look at the numbers and everything. Um, you know, he had a couple. We had one, like, game four was bad. But game five, he turned it around. He had a really good game five and honestly was the one like through three quarters that was the biggest reason why we were winning the game. Um, But yeah, it's like, I just, I don't know. I'm not at all trying to get rid of Chris. I think you bring him back. I'm I'm guessing he wants to stay here. I'm guessing he's going to be here. So if I'm, I'm assuming he picks up his player option and then you bring him back and you like that's a good thing. That's not something that people should be. Oh, we have to. We have to have Chris Middleton again. That this is not a bad thing. Chris, I think will be ninety to ninety-five percent of what he was like in twenty twenty-one because we saw him get back to a twenty-point per game guy at the end of the year. And again in the playoffs, I want to say he averaged twenty-five a game in that series. Like this was not like he was putting up crappy numbers and couldn't do anything right. Um, I just, I'm pretty confident that Chris will be good next year. And so I have no problem, you know, with him picking up that option and, and keeping him around. I would honestly, like, if you, if you gave me the option, you have to trade one of Drew or Chris. Not that they do, but if you had to trade or get rid of one or one of Drew or Chris, I'm trying to probably get rid of Drew first because I'm more confident in what Chris Middleton provides for us in the playoffs than what Drew does. I, I love Agreed. Drew's defense. I love Drew's defense, but I just think that if you had to get rid of one, like I'd, I'd, I'd rather get rid of Drew now. I think he's got more value, so you're going to get more for him. And, you know, again, at the same time, I just think in the playoffs, you're going to lose that defense. But I don't know. I really just think offensively there's, you know, you could get someone who's better than Drew in the, in the playoffs. Whereas Chris, I mean, again, Chris, as, as he can be inconsistent, but when you look at his numbers over any span in the playoffs or whatever, like he's going to be putting up 20 something points a game on pretty decent efficiency. Like that's not easy to find. That's not something that you can just go out and get. Whereas, you know, I I think with Drew's offense, you know, again, there's, he's not, he's not giving you much offense in the playoffs. You can go get someone better. Elephant in the room. You didn't address it. What about Uh, Brooke Lopez? I was going to say Brooke. Um, So Brooke, I'm, I'm trying to bring him back. 
uh, it, it's it's hard because we don't know what he's going to want. We don't know what these contracts are going to look like. We don't know what, you know, trade value there is for any of these guys. So it's like, you know, if, if you could go trade Chris for something crazy, like, sure, go ahead and do it. I'm not saying, you know, that they have to keep him by all means, but we're assuming that that's not the case. With Brooke, I don't know. I I want him around. I don't know if I'd be super comfortable with a long-term contract. I don't know how, if he's going to demand that um, because I don't know, mate, like I feel like you could come to some type of agreement where you're like, all right, you know, you're, you're, you're old, you know, you're getting to the end, but we want to, we want to keep you, we want to keep you here. Sorry, like, we want to keep you old, dude. <laughs> like, obviously he was great and they want to keep him here, but we don't want to tie ourselves down to, you know, X amount of years of this. Like, right, let's, right. let's sign him to a one or two year deal and be like, if you keep playing well, we'll keep paying you. But like, you know, you don't want to get tied down to someone who so, at any, at any point could just fall off. We don't know when he will. His last deal was four at 52. So it's right around 13 million a year. I'm telling you, and you all may think I'm nuts and that's okay. He's going into his age 35 year next year. Okay. And you could argue this was one of the best years of his career that he's coming off. I think he's going to get at least twenty million a year. Maybe it's. I was going to say maybe it's two years 20. at forty million, three at sixty, something like that. I don't think anybody's giving him a five-year deal, nothing like that. So it's going to be a two or three-year deal. Maybe he holds out for a three-year deal to to get that third year. And again, it's the NBA, so it's all guaranteed money uh, that you're going to end up with here uh, before this whole thing is said and done. So are you willing to pay that dude twenty? million dollars a year my answer to that is yes yes i am uh but but now you got to talk about repeater tax and all this other stuff then that's apparently why you have jimmy haslam involved here is being willing to spend all this additional money on repeater tax and so forth that's what they decide to do my question is what does that front office think? like there's wes edens and peter fagan and john horst when they're reviewing the season and how this whole thing went do they look around at each other and go, let's do it again, boys. Or do they look around at each other and go, it's over. Like, this is it. We, we saw we gave them another chance at it. They couldn't finish again. Maybe we need to move on and kind of try and rebuild this thing around Giannis one more time before this whole thing is said and done. And that's what we don't know. And I remember a, a great story, Doug Melvin. I don't know if I've told it on this podcast or not, but when Doug Melvin was general manager of the Brewers, he talked about uh, back in the day when he was general manager with uh, the Texas Rangers. Uh, and remember, he was general manager there uh, when the owner of the Rangers decided to give Alex Rodriguez all that money. Uh, but before that happened, uh, they were, what were they? Two games out of the, uh, out of the division lead or something like that. Uh, and Doug Melvin sold off and everybody went crazy. And Doug said, I knew we weren't going to be good enough to make a run when we got there. He goes, if we got there, we weren't going to be good enough to make a run to go win it. He goes, so I decided to sell uh, and try it again next year. And again, from a fan base perspective, you're like, what the hell are you doing? You're, you're in this. You're two games out of the division league. What do you mean we're selling? And he just didn't think that they were good enough. And I think, and they haven't said this, but I think that's exactly what David Stearns thought last year when they traded Josh Hader, that he didn't think they were good enough if they were to get to the playoffs to make a run. So he got what he could get for Josh Hader and moved on and thought maybe they could still sneak in without Josh Hader. And obviously the chemistry and everything else blew up in their face. This is what this Bucks team has to figure out. Okay, they're good enough if they bring all four back to go to the playoffs. They're good enough probably to still be a top three seed next year. 
but are they good enough to win a championship again if they bring these four guys back? With Brooke being a year older, Milton being a year older, Holiday being a year older, and another wear and tear year on Giannis, are they going to be good enough to get this done to win a championship? Because if the answer to that is no, I think you do have to seriously think about maybe making changes, Nathan. Yeah, um, so in my opinion, like, if you get rid of Brooke, the problem with that is your whole, and maybe, like, I don't know, if they get rid of Brooke, I would almost think that that means they're for sure bringing in a new coach because Bud's whole thing, like, you're going to, he's such a huge part of the defense with how Bud runs things, and we know Bud doesn't change stuff, and I just don't know how you replace that guy if you want to run more Giannis at center, whatever, like you have to kind of change your whole defense at that point. If you don't have Brooke, you know, if you don't have someone like Brooke. So that's the difficult part. That's why I want to keep him. And it's just like, he's just such an integral integral part of our defense and our whole scheme and everything. And, you know, ideally, like I do want to bring, and we'll get to this. I want to bring in a new coach and I want to, you know, have different, you know, I, I'm not saying that Brooke needs to keep that super integral part of his, of, of our defense. And we need to keep the exact same scheme or anything like that. But I don't know. That's a, like, that's worked for us, you know, at least in the regular season, everything. And, and our defense has been good. I don't want to just completely change everything. And I don't know. It just feels like something that if you get rid of Brooke, it's going to be something that they really have to adapt to. And they really, it, it might take a long time for them to kind of get a whole new system going here. Um, and that's what I've said for a long time about Brooke is like, if you get rid of him, you, you, you have to get something like him back. You have to, you know, if you're going to run any type of, you know, this type of defense, um, because, and and just for offense too, you need a center. If Giannis is going to play power forward, like, let's say we don't put Giannis at center. I don't know if, I don't really want Giannis playing center full time, but let's assume they want to keep Giannis at power forward. You need a center that can shoot because if you don't have one, you know, it ruins all the spacing. Giannis needs four guys around him that can shoot pretty much at all times. Um, and so, again, you can't just throw out any center there that can block shots and say, oh, okay, cool. No, like they offensively need to fit too. And Brooks just, he's a, a mold that not many guys can fit into. Um, so ideally, I definitely want to bring him back. And I think him and Chris are both guys where – it's like, why would you ever want to be anywhere else? Like, I don't think you're going to be helping a team as much as you would help the Bucks, and I don't think you're going to be, you know, you're not going to be on a team as good as the Bucks. I, I just, it seems like they would go to worse teams and just kind of like, that's kind of how their career would end. And it's like, why would you want to do that? Like, why wouldn't you want to just stay here, compete for titles? You have, you know, you know your roles. Um, so I just, I don't see why those guys would really want to, you know, be eager to get out of here. And, you know, if, if Brooke gets a little bit more money elsewhere, be like, I need to go out. You know, I, I just feel like they'd want to stay here if they can. I agree with you. I think Brooke Lopez is instrumental to this team going. And if they lose Brooke Lopez, and I don't care who the heck the next coach is, uh, you are going to lose a huge defensive presence and your defense is going to suffer. 
without Brooke Lopez on the floor. I also agree with the fact of you have to have a center that can pull defenders out to the three-point line and knock down shots to give Giannis more space to work. I agree with you on that as well. So let's move on to topic number three, which you just hinted at, the final topic here on the Green and Growing Podcast. Don't forget, you can download the Green and Growing Podcast on your Odyssey app, right? Uh, obviously, everybody should have their Odyssey app by this point, or download it wherever you download your favorite podcast, or you can always go back and watch them on the YouTube Odyssey Sports page as well. The Green and Growing Podcast is there. Curtin Long is there. Spare Time Bowling Show. All those fun things, uh, all wherever you download your favorite podcast and on the YouTube Odyssey Sports page. Would you move on? From Bucks head coach Mike Budenholzer, Nathan Marzian, you already said you would. Do you have anybody in mind that you would want to maybe see come in or a style of coach that you would want? Would you want a college coach? Would you want somebody closer to the Bucks players' ages? Would you want a former player? Would you want somebody that's already won a championship? Like, Do you have uh, requirements of kind of what you're looking for if uh, you're the Bucks front office? I don't have anyone specific in mind. I don't know that much about the different coaches out there. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't put too much time and thought into like different coaches and stuff. So I just don't, I don't know these guys that well. I do know, yes, I want someone different. And yes, I would definitely want someone who's, you know, got NBA experience and this isn't like their first head coaching job or anything like that. I just, I don't know. I don't want to be, I don't want to have some first year head coach with a team that, you know, is really trying to win titles and like you're, you're, you're trying to capitalize on these, this last couple of years of like having this core. Um, I'd want someone who I at least am like, okay, they have experience and they like that. I, I just trust a little bit more in those situations. Um, but yeah, at, at the end of the day, you, you just, I, I can't bring back bud after this season. And this was kind of my like judgment year for him because we won in 2021, but there were still questions of, you know, and I, I think he was a big part of that. I'm not going to be the guy that thinks, you know, he had nothing to do with that title, but it wasn't like he was a, you know, he didn't put on some coaching masterclass throughout the whole playoffs. Like no. there were, there were still, you know, several questions and several concerns. 2022, you have the excuse of, okay, you didn't have Chris and you still took him to seven. It wasn't like they got blown out, but you know, again, he didn't play Javon. He didn't really do try any different stuff. And game seven, they just allowed Grant Williams to chuck threes and it worked and they didn't adjust. They again, didn't adjust anything. And, but again, you had that excuse. And so it's like, okay, you know, I'm not going to fire him after last year because he lost in seven without Chris, but this was kind of the year like, okay, you know, we've got our team and yes, Giannis went down, but again, it, they should have there's no excuse to lose this series to Miami with the talent differ- difference you had, even without Giannis. Like, there's no excuse. You had your team, and it was like, you know, again, there's not there's not much excuse. If you lose to, you know, again, if you lose to Boston in a hard-fought series, it's much different. But, like, the, with this loss, there's just, there's no way. You know, you it, it so much of it just came down to coaching. And, you know, again, again the fact that, like the Bucks shot pretty well from three throughout the series. Um, Giannis wasn't bad by any means. Like when he came back, Giannis was Giannis was good except for one quarter. Um, Chris had a pretty good series overall. Brooke, when he was used correctly, had a pretty good series overall. And you still couldn't beat them, the eight seed. And it was again largely because of coaching. Like that, it was all the defensive stuff, and then not using Brooke as much as you needed to. And just the the offense sputtering down the stretch, which we've seen several times in the playoffs before. I looked up the numbers. I don't have them exact numbers off the top of my head, but their offensive or their net rating in like by quarter in the playoffs 
is like, po- like you know, very positive the first three quarters, and then they get to the fourth, and even you know, and this is in Bud's whole tenure here. So the last five years, when you combine all those numbers, like their fourth quarter net rating is negative five something, whereas their their other quarters are much much better. They're you know winning all these other quarters, and then they just get to the fourth and they don't have it, and it's like they just haven't consistently been able to generate looks offensively. I don't think he's built a great enough offense around Giannis consistently. Um, and like in that regard, I do think Giannis kind of bailed him out in the finals. It, just from that perspective of like down the stretch, like Giannis just kind of did his thing. He was just so good that it didn't matter if you had a great offense built around him. Um, I do think Bud defensively in the finals and stuff adjusted, you know, well. And, and again, he kind of like, he, he earned his, his title that way. It wasn't like he did nothing, but they just have never consistently been able to do that. And and I just think you need someone in who can, you know, again, give you a better offense around Giannis, utilize those guys better down the stretch. They didn't go to any freaking pick and rolls at all in like the whole fourth quarter of game five. And it's like, that, what are we doing? You know, why is it just Giannis dribbling the ball up and you don't really have an offense and everyone looks kind of frantic and he, takes a jumper or someone else takes a jumper, you know, without passing the ball and they go away from moving the ball. And they, it was just like, what are we doing? You know, they just do not look good offensively and it's happened consistently and it's been a big issue and I'm just kind of tired of seeing it. And that, I mean, again, this doesn't even mention any of the defensive stuff, which we, you know, don't even have to get into because we know all that where they didn't change anything, but I don't know. It's time to move on. I love Bud. I always will. I'll always be happy that he, you know, for, for the title and I'll be a, grateful for him but it's time to move on you know and thoughts and prayers obviously to bud and his family losing his brother um, in a yes. tragic car accident uh, while the playoffs were going on and nobody knew anything about that until after the fact and i just feel horrible couldn't even imagine going through something like that and then still doing your job i mean most people that have a job would be like okay i'm taking a couple of days off like i gotta process this got the funeral everything else and that dude didn't miss a game and just kept on doing his thing so uh, thoughts and prayers for Boonholzer and his family, for sure, uh, and him losing his brother. As far as what I would want, I don't know if I'm on the Nick Nurse train. Uh, Nick Nurse won a championship with Kawhi Leonard. He has not had a great player since Kawhi Leonard. He's had good players, but not great players. You would get a great player in Giannis, not the same as Kawhi, as we talked about. This is not a guy that's going to be able to create his own shot and pull up and hit 10 jumpers in a row and do all that stuff that you need him to do, like Kawhi can do and Steph can do and Durant and these guys. He's not going to do that. So it's a different way. I wouldn't be opposed to Nick Nurse. He does have a ring. He's been to the Montauk. So I wouldn't be opposed to that. You're probably not going to like what I got to say because you said you don't really want a first-time guy. I really want Sam Cassell to get a shot. I I just really do. I would love to see what Sam Cassell would look like as a head coach. Former player, hated practicing, all that stuff. I understand. But he's been an assistant coach for what? A decade, 15 years, something like that. He's been an assistant coach forever. Um, and now he's on Doc Rivers staff with the Clippers and all of that. I, I would love to see him get an opportunity to come in here and be a head coach. Either way, Giannis has to sign off on it. And you can say it's the Aaron Rodgers treatment or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't really matter to me, but you have to make sure he's good with whoever the head coach is before you hire the head coach. So if it's like, yeah, we're down with you, but you got to get down with Giannis and make sure this is good. And I don't, you know, they had Giannis and Milton at the last breakfast. I don't even, I don't know if I need all that. Just make sure Giannis is good. I, I, Milton and Drew Holiday, whatever. 
but but Giannis needs to be good. And if Giannis signs off and goes, yeah, all right, we're cool. Let's do this. And fine. Giannis is not going to want to get rid of Mike Boonholzer, I don't think. Even though in that post-game presser, he essentially threw him under the bus and ran over him five or six times. I mean, he really did. And ain't nobody talking about it when he did it. Everybody saw the quote. like, ooh, Giannis kind of calling out Bud. That was the extent of it. And I don't know if anybody really got into detail on Sports Talk Radio in this town about him driving over Bud with a, uh, with a school bus. But that's pretty much what happened. Right. I mean, he threw him under the buzz and kept going up and down, up and down. So I don't remember him ever really doing that to Jason Kidd necessarily, but he definitely did it there, which leads you to believe that he probably wouldn't fight as much as he did when they got rid of Jason Kidd as far as getting rid of Bud. And maybe he himself thinks maybe it's time to get rid of Bud. But I will also add on to this. This nonsense, and this is the second or third time this has happened with Giannis saying, hey, man. I'm not the coach. You know, if coach don't want to put me on Jimmy, then I ain't going to be on Jimmy. Dude, shut the F up. I, I I am so sick of that crap. I have had it up to here. And you can't even see me unless you're watching on YouTube. I'm, I'm, I've had it. That night after I got off the post game with GA and I saw that, I was like, I'm done. I'm sick of this. You're a grown ass man, a superstar. You know how good you are. You know the weight that you pull. You know who you are. I can get down with respecting my coach and doing what my coach says. And la, 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 la. I get it. But I'm telling you right now, dude, if you were pissed off and a competitor like you say you are and all this other stuff, at some point in a huddle, you would have went up to Bud and said, dude, I got Jimmy. I don't give a damn who everybody else guards. I got him. If we ain't going to double him and we ain't going to do nothing, then I'll go stop him myself. Let Drew guard somebody else. I got him. At some point as a competitor, you have got to be pissed off enough, especially in game five as the house is burning down to the ground around you to sit there and sit there and, and sit there Indian style and go doo, 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 well it's not my job yeah it's burning yeah it's burning pretty good but ah but but I'll get the water and put it out before it burns me that's pretty much what happened he just sat there and watched the whole thing burn down he could have stopped the whole thing or at least given him a chance to stop it and he uses the cop out well I'm not the coach do with all due respect I've had my fill of it I really have. I love Giannis. Love him, love him, love him, love him. I think he's a great role model for kids and all that other stuff. And the little daddy speech he gave Eric name about failure. That was a cute daddy speech. That was great too. But this whole thing here about copping out and saying, well, Bud didn't want, didn't tell me to. No, I, I've had my phone. I've absolutely had my phone. I understand. I understand both sides of that. Um, this is me. Like, I understand if you're like, he should just guard on no matter what. Not the whole game, but as a house, no, I know, I know, I know. You're at the game. You and your dad are sitting there talking like, "Holy crap, they're gonna blow this 16 point lead." Holy crap, look at how close it is. He has to know what's happening. They feel it on the floor that it's falling apart. At some point, the inner drive and the inner anger has to come out and be like, "To hell with this! I'm guarding him, bud. That's the end of the story. I got him. If we lose, put it on me. He's mine. Let's go." At some point, you got to think. That kicks in, and it didn't kick in. I know, but it, look, I'm, I'm not. I don't even want to argue the other way because I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not. I'm not at all trying to be like you're wrong for thinking that. I just, Giannis isn't that way. Giannis, it's not, and it is not his job to say screw everything. I'm doing whatever I want. That's not his job. The coach is supposed to put him in the position to do, you know, for the team to succeed. Yeah. That is the coach's job, and he's Giannis is a guy that hey, I trust authority. I trust the guys that are in charge. You know, if, if they don't think that's the best thing for the team, I'm not going to do it. I'm not saying that's right. I'm not saying that's wrong. Yeah, that's how he is. Um, I want to go back to, you said Nick Nurse. 
Um, I know everyone right away was on the Nick Nurse train. And and to be clear, you know, again, even with you said Sam Cassell, like I know I said not, you know, not a first year guy. I would rather have a first year guy than keep Bud, to be honest. Like or to be clear. I don't wanna You're really done done with Bud. Yes. Like I just think you have to change something. You you can't just go into the next season with the same like I'll be it will definitely and I'm not I don't I'm not, I don't know how likely it is that they do change it, but I just think if you go into it with the exact same thing, I don't know, the the excitement, the enthusiasm, the hope, the the confidence, I feel like it's just down a little bit because everyone's like I just don't trust this guy in the playoffs. I don't trust what, what's going to happen in the playoffs. Um, and I just don't want to go into another a season with that. But like, yeah, I would prefer a guy with experience, but if you, you know, if you have to, you know, if, you, if there's a first year guy you like that Giannis likes and whatever, okay, I don't care. You know, let's, let's change this up and let's try to get, you know, get, get this thing going again. Um, with Nick nurse, you know, everyone fell in love with him because of that 2019 title. But yeah, I mean, I, he hasn't really overperformed since then. Um, nope. Nope. And it hasn't been great at like developing any, any type of young talent. And defensively, I don't, they, they just seem to sell out to stop bet the best players, which would have helped in our series. I was going to say, yes, it would have helped. But in the long run, I, I feel like they're almost like, both kind of opposites where Bud won't change to like do that. Whereas Nick nurse will do that all the time. And sure, it's like, sure. you, you want someone kind of in the middle that like they'll do it when they need to, but they're not going to do it all the time. And I don't know. I don't, again, I don't, I don't pay too much attention to coaches and their schemes and all that. So I don't want to act like I know everything about Nick nurse, but from my experience with the, with the Raptors, it feels like they do that all the time and it can kind of hurt them in other ways. And it's like, they, they almost are like, Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do whatever we can to stop the best player. It might actually end up hurting our chances to win, but we don't care. And and that to me can be wrong. Um, and also, he plays the starters a ton, especially compared to what Giannis has been used to. So I don't if he brings that here, like that might be something that's really hard for them to adjust to. Like Giannis would be playing like thirty seven minutes a game. I think Fred Van Vliet played like close to forty this year, and he consistently does that. He just runs with like or he just. Uh, uh, really rolls with the starters for like the whole game. Um, and that'll just be a huge adjustment, you know, as far as endurance wise and everything for those guys, not necessarily saying it's, it would be good or bad. It could end up being a good thing if it, you know, if it, if it helps them endurance wise in the playoffs, but I don't know. I just, there are definitely question marks for me. I'm not at all just sitting here going, Oh my God, Nick nurse would be the savior and he's going to win us all these titles and we're unstoppable with Nick nurse. I, I'm not going to say that. So, um, like I said, I want to change. I want someone in here who, you know, uh, just a, some some fresh, a fresh new guy here, and that's that's it. He is Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. He is Buck's super fan. I am Steve Sparky. Fiber, follow me, Sparky Radio at uh, 1250 com as well. Yes, Nathan. Before we go, so you had brought up the question, and I was going to kind of bring it up to end this. You had you had brought up the question hypothetically of like, if you bring back the the core four guys, can you win the title? Do you believe they can? Yeah, yeah. With Bud, <sighs> I don't know with Bud. Maybe because to me, to me, if you bring back the core four guys, I absolutely think that this. This core four can win another title, but I think you need a different coach, and I think you need like one more role player 
that's a reliable playoff guy. And we'll probably get into this in future episodes, but I, I tweeted it yesterday that I know people are upset about it, but I want to trade Bobby Portis. I want to – Bobby Portis is – He's Second a good, time this year since you've talked about trading Bobby Portis. He's a good player. He's a good player. He has value. You can get stuff for him. He is not helping you a ton in the playoffs. He's just not. I love his energy. I love Bobby. I always will love him. But turn him into another reliable, important, impactful playoff guy to go with the core four, get a new coach in here, and you're in business. I mean, they just they're missing like they're just missing another guy, and it's like I. I just, I'm, you know, I, I, I don't think there's a place on this team for a guy who is, you know, a good regular season player, has trade value, but isn't really helping you win a title that much. Okay, it's just a waste of value at that point. Like, get someone in here who can win a title. We need 16 game players. We don't need 82 game players, you know? Yeah, that's no, I totally feeling. get it. And that's why people, you know, get frustrated with Drew Holiday, I think, to a certain point, because his scoring goes down once they get to the postseason as well. But again, yeah. he provides you that defense. Right. Yeah, and, and, and I know that, and, and, straight. and I want to make it clear too that Drew was not bad defensively in this series. He did it is a bad it's a bad matchup for him. Like yes, Jimmy yes. Yeah, it it's not like this is not, oh my God, Drew gave you nothing defensively. I mean, he was doing everything he could. I think, you know, it, Jimmy just was not thrown off by him because of his size. You know, he just he could still score over him even as good a defense as Drew played. So I just want to make that clear that like this isn't some sign that Oh, Drew sucks defensively now in the playoffs, right? Like, no. Just in case anyone's thinking that because Jimmy went off, it was bad defense by Drew. Again, that was more coaching. That's more you need to see that. Hey, Jimmy's not thrown off by this guy. We need to do something else. And again, obviously they didn't do that. So I just want to make that clear. And that's why I'm not sitting here trashing Drew Holiday. His offense sucks in the playoffs, but the defense is still good. Yeah, he never should have been on him. Not not for every game of every series. That, that was ridiculous. It should have been a one-game thing. Like, yeah. one game, okay, it didn't work. Let's for change it. For sports in a game, but not consistently. At Nathan yeah. Marzion, at Sparky Radio. Enjoy the rest of your day. Another edition of Green and Growing. Have a good one.